Welcome to the Open Fire Podcast, a light-hearted and informative show looking at fire safety. We are your hosts, Tom and Dave. You're listening to episode five of our 10-part mini-series, Tom and Dave Talk About Fire Doors. If you're listening to this, you found us somehow, but don't forget, we're also available on iTunes, YouTube, and at our ancestral home, openfirepodcast.com. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm wonderful, David. You're looking very Christmassy. Well, to be fair, Christmas is coming and not all of us embarrassed ourselves at the Gerda Christmas party like you did. Have you been a good boy this year, Tom? I have. I've been very, very good. I'm expecting to get more than just some coal. So what are we going to be talking about this week? We're going to try and work out what makes a good manufacturer versus what to watch for. How has the industry changed since Grenfell? Requirement for full door sets, that sort of stuff. Talk about testing, smoke testing... We're going to go on into the nuts and bolts of it this week, Dave. Okay, very Christmassy then. Oh yeah, festive as you like. Don't okay. put um, candles in your Christmas tree. Excellent. So in the studio this week, we've got Natasha Kapinski. Uh, no, we've Her got... Her sister, we've got Zoe, Zoe Bond. Zoe Bond uh, from Gerda. And we have got Danny White, independent fire door inspector. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, so fire door manufacturers. Danny, what does... A 476 Part 22 test involve. Let's start from the beginning. Well, this goes back to previous discussions. It's primary test where you get your door and you put it into a furnace and you set fire to it. And that is basically it. Where can that test be done? They're normally done by UCAS accredited test houses. So Mm -hmm. people like um, Exova, uh, Warrington, Cambridge Fire Research... Um, but it's important to have a UCAS accredited test house as opposed to our shed. Obviously, that's quite a basic interpretation of that, isn't it, really? Put it into a furnace and set fire to it. I mean, Zoe, what is, is it more complicated than just setting fire to it? It is more complicated, but I think Danny's probably got the, the key element there. There are two different tests that you have, BS476 Part 22 or EM1634 Part 1. The British standard test, the manufacturer would have considered the design of the door set um, the types of the door set, style and sizes they want to cover, as well as the function of the door set. So they need to look at whether it wants to achieve 30-minute or 60-minute standard right from the start. And then obviously the test is is conducted in conjunction with that. Um, in relation to how it's fitted prior to burn, it is quite a complicated process, actually. They, they fit it into a substrate with specified fire-stopping materials. The construction is then mechanically lifted to be fitted into the front of the furnace. So it is um, very, very scientific. I'd just like to ask a question there, Zoe. Mm. Who actually fits the door? Is it you or is it the test house? It depends. And this probably comes on to a really good point later, but we can do it now as we're talking about it. Um, Why which not? Which is a little, controver- exactly, it's a little controversial from my side, but with the different um, response to how different test houses actually conduct the test. So some you can, you fit it yourselves. Others, you can be there to watch and make sure they're fitting it correctly. And really, if you're looking for a consistent standard, there should be a consistent approach across the test houses. Yeah. Dave likes um, to watch. Have you... Um, oh, funnily enough, that's what I was going to ask. I, I'm assuming that you've uh, witnessed one of these. I have. have. Have you ever done that, Tom? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. I'd quite like to see a uh, fire door 
testing a furnace been done. That sounds okay. like a... Um... Would you like an invite, Dave? Uh, yes, yes, I <laughs> okay. would, yeah. Do you like I watching paint dry? Quite interesting. <laughs> no, no, I think you say that, Danny, when it's your fire test and you're waiting for it to go past that minute mark, it is quite... Um... Does it get tense? It does. does it, it does. Because the thing is, it doesn't. you can do a lot of developmental testing, which is a lot, a lot of the costs involved actually in the overall testing process. But when it's in there, there's nothing you can do. It's out of your control. You think you've done everything possible. And sometimes... So you start to see a little leak of smoke coming out. Does Everybody's like heart sink. Is that how it sort of? It's it's literally it is heart in in mouth wow. when, when it's your doorstep. It's, you know. Maybe Dave, you could just turn up at around minute twenty seven. How how long? <laughs> do you That's think, when how, how, how long would a door a fire door set be in development before it goes off to test? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of design gone into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many? I mean, is it months or? It, it's usually months at least. It, it really depends. We have recently undertaken new testing and launched a new sixty minute fire resistant door set just to respond to the the needs of the market. And we probably were researching developing that for a good six to eight months prior to actually putting in for the full scale fire test. So by development, I mean we're looking at. Um, first of all, what does the market need? What does it want? What does it need to achieve? And then you've got to make sure you're looking at not just the fire standards, but all of the other regulations that need to be to make sure the door is compliant for overall building regulations. So you then got to factor in your security standards, your smoke, your acoustics, your weathering. And before you know it, that's why you're looking at quite a large cost Mm. and a lot of time in, in development. What does it cost, Zoe? Overall, to bring a new product to market, you're probably looking at about £15,000. Um, Just to test it? No, overall. So your okay. final fire test is in the region of eight to £10,000. Um, prior to that, you probably would have done some indicative testing as well. And then you're looking at additional testing for your smoke testing too. So you, you've got a lot of additional things there that need to be taken into consideration. But you're looking at about fifteen k. So when you talk about the security and acoustic bits and pieces, we, we sort of talked about primary test evidence and global certification. Mm -hmm. And it's all well and good me creating a fire door that meets the fire bit. Yeah. But I'm guessing that if I go and create something using a non-primary test evidence test, there is a great risk that I'm not going to meet any of the other requirements at all, isn't it? Absolutely. So how do we get away with that? Because people must effectively be fudging the issue a bit. Mm. So you'll find that, particularly now, there's a real focus on, obviously, fire, because that's what everyone's talking about, is yeah. the, the key thing. Um, they then assume that they buy an FD30 door and it's rated for smoke, which yep. it isn't. No. It's a completely separate test, which those in the know know. Not everybody else does. You're then looking at your security test, which is completely separate, and your weathering, like we've said. So, yes, there's a high risk. If you focus on just one element of regulation, i.e. fire, you will end up being non-compliant in other areas of building regulations. I mean, are people getting pulled up on this? Occasionally. Uh, (laughs) I was at a scheme a week and a half ago, and... It was a new build scheme and the builders thought they knew what they were doing and the door manufacturer thought he knew what he was doing. We were asked to look at the specification of the installation and it had a bit, got quite heated. They called in a fire door industry expert um, to back their case. So we started off saying how wonderful the global assessment was and it met all the requirements. Yep. And then we said, but what about security? Or what about thermal? And he shut up. Yeah. And they said, okay, we'll replace them then. Yeah, exactly. Because they are not meeting their requirements. So, also, I mean, what are the implications of not meeting those requirements? I mean, to, to people like me and Dave, I'm, I'm speaking for both of us, obviously, the fire bit is, everyone would consider the fire bit to be the most important because that's the bit, you know, the life or death bit. But I mean, yeah. in terms of thermal and acoustic, does it really matter if it doesn't pass thermal and acoustic? I mean, is that a big problem? 
Well, it really? is because it's, you know, if you look at the green agenda, which yeah. is set up by the government, that is right why it's there. Yeah. So we're going, are we going to take on the government again? Is it fair to say the thermal bit is as important as the fire bit? It in is. terms of regulations like ADB and stuff like that, it is. It is. The thermal part is actually mandatory for your pedestrian external door sets to yeah. EN14351 Part 1, as I'm sure you know, Tom. So, um, I do know that. You do. So you need to have a U-value of 1.8 or less for your complete door set. And that yeah. is, that's been a mandatory requirement for a number of years. And it is often missed out. Yeah. A lot of people will try and get the door slab and just say, well, there's our U-value. But then they yeah. realise, well, hang on a minute. You have to put a cut in for the hinges and a cut out for the locks and a cut out for this, so therefore you can't go by that. Yeah. And people are just trying to fudge the issue as yeah. as the yeah. phrase goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You should have a, a completely different test for that, which is one zero zero seven seven for all you geeks out there. But the one but to thing... be fair, sorry, there's literally one geek out there and she's <laughs> is that in just here. Me? <laughs> <laughs> but... That must be why you invited me though, surely. Well, completely, yeah. We wanted to impress you. Of course. Just, just to be hundred percent certain that what they should do is the door they're putting in for fire. The same door must go in for smoke. The same door must go in for thermal. The same door must go in for acoustics and security. Yeah. Because again, I'm coming across it where people have got a fire test and they've got a security test and a thermal test. Yeah. But they're three different doors. I'll give you an example. I won't mention any of the companies involved in it, but I was looking at a quotation for flat entrance door installations, two specific models of fire door. We asked for the, the certification you know, we stipulated primary test. We got a Warrington test through and the client said, this is the certificate that proves it passes. So we've reviewed it. Different door, not the two and the in one from the range, but not the two that were stipulated. Mm -hmm. We then eventually got one through that said, it's basically the same door. And I thought, yeah, we're onto a winner here. And then I said, so what about smoke then? And then obviously I got another test for a different door in the range for smoke. Mm -hmm. And I said, can I just have primary test evidence for the two doors you're actually going to give us, please? And they couldn't. Mm -hmm. Common, and really common. Really common, isn't yeah. it? And and you actually know what you're looking for there, Tom. Do you imagine well, exactly. someone who doesn't? You know, and, and there, there are Sorry, a lot of people just, out there we can't. Did you say he knows what he's looking for? I did. Oh, I okay. did, he absolutely does. <laughs> or at least maybe you've told him, so he sounds like he knows what he's looking for, Danny. Exactly, I pretend I know what I'm talking about. But the, yeah. the point is that this is a client that is engaging with us because they appreciate that they have, and when I say they have a lack of competence in the area, that's not being disrespectful to them. If anything, that is a greater thing for them to say, listen, I don't really know what oh, I'm absolutely. looking for with regard to certification and assurance around the products that we'll be purchasing for supply chain. So can you tell me, and bearing in mind the number of people we're engaged by to do that, there must be thousands of companies who could easily have the wall pulled over their eyes by something like that, whether it's deliberate or it's not, because at the end of the day, the manufacturer might not really know that oh. what they're doing is wrong. No. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. they might be, but... I just don't think people really get it at all. No. There was no, one tender evaluation I was doing and the door manufacturer said, we're not going to provide any test evidence for you. What we'll do is we'll install the doors for you and then we'll get somebody to do an assessment to ensure that they comply. Perfect. What if they don't then? Brilliant. We'll rip them all out. Yeah. Now, someone else, Dave, who spent a lot of time looking at fire doors and people going for fire doors on a big framework relating to... Um, what, you're looking at me like you don't know. I wonder where last, you're going with this. The what? last six months of your life, we've been reading fire door specifications. Haven't okay, we? yeah. And what do you think about fire doors? Bearing in mind how complicated it is as a subject, you and me really had to buff up for this, didn't we? 
Uh, we did. To get it. Uh, to actually uh, understand and it. And we're, we're learning on the way as we go, aren't we, really? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's just, there is so much to know about Fire Dogs. I mean, what I'm interested in is, like, we, we're talking about the, the testing stage and um, of, of Fire Dogs, but I think even before that, there's a huge element we haven't really touched on yet. And I'll probably point this towards Zoe as a, as a manufacturer of Fire Dogs. Like we said, a, a very uh, reputable manufacturer of Fire Dogs. Well, in your opinion, what, why is Fire Door design, the design stage, so important? Design stage is, is crucial. It's crucial that you're going to meet all elements, like we said earlier, not just fire, but, all, but every single standard, um, but also that they're fit for, fit for purpose. They're actually going to last in the environments that you're installing them. It's also important to understand that small changes to the door set design, for example, the type of intermescence that you use, the type of letterbox, the fixing method, anything like that can actually have a real impact on the fire performance of the door set. Furthermore from that, you need to have primary scale test evidence to prove that any of those changes are acceptable and going back to the testing to both sides if you're looking to do that that will provide the reassurance to the landlords and to the residents that the door set design doesn't indeed perform as a door set manufacturer who designs and innovates to meet the needs of the environment into which the door sets are being fitted we substantially invest in primary testing to ensure that these doors are actually fit for purpose it's really really important that that design is correct absolutely very important um i have to stop you there zoe in fact, I've got to stop the podcast, Tom. Is it that time Aww, already? That time, yeah. We are really enjoying that. This we were on a roll, eh? We were on a roll. Uh, it's time to remind our listeners that this series of Dave and Tom Talk About Fidals is officially sponsored by the creators of the MyQ Tag app. Those clever bunch, them. That sounds interesting. What is the MyQ Tag app, Dave? The MyQ Tag app provides a user-friendly cloud-based system for contractors that carry out installation and maintenance services at multiple sites, Tom. That sounds great. Can it deliver improved efficiency and provide real-time reporting to your customers, David? Bloody well can, Tom. MyQ tag can store documents, be they FRAs, maintenance records or compliance certificates against a specific building. Well, frankly, I'm stunned. Does you it, look stunned. It, so it probably enables fire door installers to report installation and provide photographic evidence. Yes, it does do that, Tom. Plus, a QR code and an NFC tag can be provided for each area of works. I mean, we joke, but it sounds really cool, actually. Not that I know what QR code or an NFC tag is. But in reality, if I want to know more information, I could just email sales at myqtag.co.uk for further information, couldn't I? You certainly can, Tom. Shall we carry on with the podcast in our usual independent, informative and lightly humorous manner? I think we should at least, in part, consider it. Okay, do we have any more questions on the subject of fire door manufacturers, Tom? To be fair, after the diatribe that Zoe just threw out at us, I I think I'm done with fire doors forever. Was that not interesting? Oh no, it was very interesting. Don't get me wrong, but we're on episode five now, aren't we? In that case, it's now my turn to ask some questions, Tom. Fantastic. It's the fire safety, non-fire safety quiz time. Yes, and just for those of you that might not remember, Dave normally gets homework, but uh, he, he can't wax lyrical 15 minutes. You just don't have the time, do we, David? So you've got us a quiz. We're busy people. Who wants to do the quiz this week then, Tom? I think it needs to be me again. Okay. Are you ready? I'm just got to take my brain apart, put Dave back in. Be Dave. I am Dave. Go. Okay, your minute starts now. What is a crossbreed between a zebra and a donkey called? Um, uh, Zonkey. Correct. What do most farmers use to tell their cattle apart? Um, Numbers. Now they have ear tags. Of course they do. Why don't cannibals eat clowns? Because they taste funny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What was the ice cream cone invented for? Um, Was it um, because they ran out of paper? 
No, it's actually to hold flowers, not ice cream. Okay, interesting. What do 63% of Americans spend five minutes a day looking for? Their keys. No, TV remote control. I thought you'd get that one. Okay, time for your last question. What was the first fruit that was eaten on the moon? A banana. No, it's a peach. <laughs> so you've equaled your uh, best score of one. What are you talking about? I got two. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. A zonkey. You did get two. Clowns taste funny. You did get two. Okay. So that makes me the world champion That's, equal. You're, t- you're top of the leaderboard until I have a go. <laughs> and then you'll get probably in, one in more. January. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to that, Dave. Okay. So thanks very much for listening. Um, thank you, Zoe, and thank you to Danny for your time. Thank you. Um, on the Open Fire podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, not just you two, everyone that's listening, uh, to our podcast on iTunes and YouTube to make sure you don't miss the next instalment. And obviously you can catch up on the previous ones if this is your first listen. If you'd like to contact us or comment on anything you've heard in today's podcast, or if you'd like to be involved in future episodes, please go to openfirepodcast.com where you'll find contact details and email addresses. We won't be releasing an episode next week because it's going to be Christmas. I thought we were going to release one Are we? Christmas. Yeah, I think so. People want to listen to us. At Christmas. At Christmas. Well, then let's hope we've got some damn bells on episode six then. Damn right. Fantastic. All right, Is this well, going to overtake the Queen's speech? Yeah, well, if you listen to two in January on your way to the train on the way, have a happy Christmas and a happy new year. Cue the guitars. Cue the guitars.